Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. Once again, thank you for being here this morning. If you are visiting here this morning and you do not know me, my name is Todd Young and I am one of the pastors here and we are so happy that you are with us this morning. I want to know, I want to want you to know if there is anything at all that we can do for you while you're here, please let us know. We would love to talk to you and tell you more about Greensburg Baptist Church. I also want to say a special welcome to our radio audience this morning and to all those who are joining us by any type of technology. We are thankful that you are also a part of our congregation this morning. And I want you to know if you are joining us by technology As the sermon ends this morning, you will either see or hear instructions on how to reach out and contact us if you have questions of a spiritual nature. And I want you to know, and I'm saying this in complete uh, seriousness, few things excite us any more than being able to talk to someone about Jesus. Few things excite us any more than to have the opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus. So we encourage you, if you are listening on the radio this morning, if you are watching or listening by any type of technology and you have a question of a spiritual nature, please reach out. We would love to talk to you. We are going to be uh, continuing our journey through the book of Colossians this morning. We are going to be in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17 this morning. And I've had some difficulty naming this sermon Up until uh, sometime last night, I really thought that the name of the sermon was going to be What Not to Wear. But uh, that is not it. Uh, That is not it. Instead, I finally settled on the title Raised with Christ. And you'll see that fairly early on why that is the the title of this message. But you'll notice I've got a, a suitcase with me on this stage this morning. For many years, I felt like as if I almost lived my life out of a suitcase. Sometimes I would be gone one night at a time, sometimes two or more, sometimes a week or more uh, nights at a time. And even now that I'm in full-time ministry, there are certain times that I'm gone overnight or maybe for a couple of days in a row or maybe I go to a foreign country and I'm gone for several days at a time. And I'm going to let you know that whether I'm going to be packing for an overnight trip or if I'm packing to go to Zimbabwe, There are certain things that are going inside my suitcase, or I'm not going. It's one It's one of those things. And you probably already know what the list is for you. If you are packing your bag right now, if you are getting a call on your cell phone right now and says, you've got to come, you've got to pack your bags right now, be prepared to stay at least one night, there are a number of things that you would be certain are in your bag before you leave your house. Certainly are for me. But I want us to be thinking this morning, what's inside our spiritual suitcase this morning? What are the types of things that are in our spiritual suitcase this morning? If you got your copy of God's Word with you, I'd invite you to open it 
Colossians 3 this morning. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 17. I encourage you to follow along in your Bible if you've got it. If not, I'm going to put it up on the screen for you, and you can read along with me on the screen. I'm going to be preaching this morning again from the CSB version of the Bible. And as I always ask you to do, if you are physically able to stand right now, would you stand with me to honor the reading of God's Word? Again, Colossians 3, beginning in verse 1. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Father, right now I pray that you will be with me. Lord, give me the ability to preach this to preach this text boldly and accurately and completely. Father, I pray that you will simply move me out of the way and allow them to see you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, as we begin this morning, as I always do, I'm going to drill down into each one of these verses. And we're starting with verse 1, obviously. But the thing that we have got to see right at the beginning that is that genuine spiritual living is built on the believer's relationship with the risen Christ. Genuine spiritual living is built on the believer's relationship with the, with the risen Christ. So before we can move forward... We've got to ask the question, do you indeed have a relationship with the risen Christ? And if so, what type of relationship is it? And when we're going back to ask the question, do you indeed have a relationship with the risen Christ? The answer is either yes or no. 
It either is, yes, I've got a relationship with Christ, or no, I don't. It's one way or the other. Look at verse 1. So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above. And then we see that's where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. So if indeed we have truly been raised with Christ, we're supposed to be seeking the things that where Christ is, not being concerned with the things here on the earth. We have got to set our minds on the things above. So what does it mean? We're, we're talking about being raised with Christ, and that's, that's the title of the sermon today. So what does it mean to be raised with Christ. For first of all, this reference is to our identification with Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, if you've ever observed a baptism here at Greensburg Baptist Church, Brother Blake and I try to be very careful at each baptism of explaining exactly what it is and also what it's not. A lot of people are very confused on exactly what baptism is and why it's important. And I want you to know this morning, baptism, as we say every time that we baptize somebody, baptism is not what saves you. It's a sign that you've been saved. It is a symbol to the world that's watching that something is different about you, that Jesus has transformed your life. And there's a lot of symbolism around baptism. It symbolizes the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As you go under that water, that's symbolic of the death of Jesus. You know, Jesus was buried, right? He was buried in a grave, but he didn't stay there. And you're not going to stay under the water either. When you are pulled back up out of that water, it's a symbol of the resurrection. You are being raised to live a new life in him. And we always try our very best to say that. So again, baptism is not what saves you. It is a sign to the world that's watching that you have indeed been saved. Now, because of our identification with Jesus, we have been granted new life, which gives us the capacity to live a new kind of life. I wonder this morning, do you live a life that is a new kind of life? Or does your life just sort of blend into the world? If somebody who was not even a Christian were observing your life, and they are, make no mistake about that, people are observing your life and my life. Can they tell that we're different? You might be surprised how many times I have conversations with people and I will ask them, do you believe this book's true? Do you believe this book is true. Many times I receive an answer that goes something like this. Yes, but. Yes, but. Folks, I'm going to tell you there's no but. There is no but. We either believe this from cover to cover, or we don't believe any of it. It is one or the other. Has Christ transformed your life today? I want you to know He is completely sufficient to do that. Do you desire that transformation? Or do you desire to look like the world? Because it's easier to blend in that way. The reality of our resurrection with Jesus should produce in us new motivations 
and new minds. Folks, if we have truly had an encounter with Jesus, it will be just like the woman at the well. We will leave changed. There's no two ways about it. We will leave changed. He will transform our motives and He will transform our minds. Sometimes I wonder, do we truly desire to be transformed? So what about this new mind? What about it? Verse 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So if you were to be doing an inventory right now of everything that you have thought about over the last week, and you are truly writing that down, would they be earthly things? Or would they be things above? Folks, you know what's on your list. I don't. But if you were jotting those things down, would there be more earthly things on there? Or would there be more things above on there? Verse 3 reminds us that we died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now this is if you are truly a child of Jesus. If you are truly, if you've had that relationship with Jesus Christ, this verse is telling us, it's reminding us that nobody is going to snatch us out of His hand. Nobody is going to do that. Verse 4, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. What a wonderful day. That will be. So now we have this transformation. Remember I said if you have truly had a transformation, an encounter with Jesus Christ, He will transform your life just like He did with that woman at the well. Verse 5 says, therefore. And you know, many times you hear us say, any time that we see the word therefore in Scripture, it should cause us to wonder a question. For instance, what's it there for? Why is the writer starting this with this word? He wants to catch our attention. And does he ever do it? Look what he says. He says, put to death. Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. And then he doesn't leave us wondering what he's talking about. Sexual immorality. You know, the world many times will tell us there's nothing wrong with it. Yes, there is something wrong with it. God's Word tells us to put it to death. That's pretty serious. Impurity. Many times the world will tell us there's nothing wrong with that. God's Word says something different. God's Word says to put it to death. Lust. I have heard people tell me face to face before. That say they're a Christian. You know, it doesn't hurt to look. It doesn't hurt to look. As long as I don't do anything. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. If you're not careful, lust will take over. God's Word says to put that to death. Evil desire and greed, which is idolatry. God's Word tells us to put every one of these things to death. And you might be saying, but Todd, it's hard. But Todd, it's hard. You might even be saying, but Todd, it's impossible. Again, do we believe this book or not? We either do or we don't. There is no other way about it. If we believe this book, 
We also believe that there is absolutely nothing that is impossible with God. Nothing that is impossible with God. So maybe you're here this morning and you are struggling with sexual immorality. Let me tell you, God can heal you of that. He can set you free of that. There is absolutely nothing that's impossible with God. But if you are struggling with any of these things, we've got to come to the point where we realize that the Bible calls those things sin. The Bible calls those things sin. So many times we want to talk about the love, mercy, and grace of Jesus But we don't want to talk about sin. When Jesus had encounters with people who were caught in sin, He told them to go sin no more. He didn't say, just go right on with your lifestyle. It will be fine. That is not what He says. He wants to set you free of that this morning. He is the only one that can do it. Now, if that hasn't got your attention... At this point, I really hope that verse 6 will. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. Folks, God's wrath is going to be horrible to experience. Horrible to experience. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah. That was horrible. That was, a, that was an indication of God's wrath on sinful people. But the good news, look at verse 7. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. Once, indicating that you're not doing it anymore. Now folks, once we come to Christ, once we've had that transformation, will we still occasionally mess up? Yes, unfortunately, yes. But we cannot be comfortable staying there. We cannot be comfortable staying in sin or living in sin. The Bible calls that wrong. Verse 8, But now put away all the following. I want to be sure we don't miss this word. He is telling us to put them away, every one of them. Not just the ones that are easy to deal with in our life. He is saying put away all of these things. Anger. Anybody struggle with anger ever? I think we're probably human. Surely there's some somebody in the sanctuary that has occasionally struggled with anger, wrath, malice. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, what, what does that word even mean, malice? It's the intent to do evil, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. God's Word tells us to put away every one of these things. And folks, I'm going to tell you, if we are living with any of these things in our lives, we look too much like the world. How could anybody tell that there was anything different in our life if these things are present in our lives? Maybe you're thinking, everybody struggles with bad language from time to time. No, everybody doesn't struggle with bad language from time to time. No, they don't. And it's not an excuse for you to do it. It is not an excuse for you to let words slip out when things don't go your way. Jesus wants to set you free of those things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. 
Sometimes I think the bigger question is, it's not just that Jesus wants to set us free from those things. Sometimes I think we've got to ask the question, do we want to be set free of those things? Because it is going to result in a transformation in your life. It will result in a transformation in your life. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. Do you feel like that's happening in your life? Is it happening on a daily basis? Is there a transformation occurring? In Christ, there's not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. I wonder, is holiness something that marks your life? Do we seek to live a holy life? Now, I want to go ahead and talk about our spiritual suitcase again. And I want to open it just to see what types of things are in a spiritual suitcase. Look at the, the first thing that I found. It's compassion. It wasn't that hard to put it on, was it? We put on compassion. Let's see what else we've got. Kindness. That seemed easy to put on, didn't it? Until we don't want to be kind to somebody. Until somebody ticks us off, then we don't want it. We don't want anybody to see we've got kindness. Maybe we don't want to be compassionate. Maybe I don't want to wear compassion today. Why should I be compassionate to them? It says we're supposed to put on humility. Perhaps you're thinking today, I don't need humility you think you don't need it, you certainly need it. You need to be wearing it. We need to be wearing humility daily from second to second. But for so many times, we don't want to be humble. We want to be in charge. We want to call the shots. We don't want humility. And I'm going to get wound up in this, I see. (laughs) Because I should have had this one on first. Gentleness. The world will tell us not to wear this one. Not this one. And not this one. Patience. The world will tell us a lot of times gentleness is a sign of weakness. Why do you want to wear that for? Why would I want to be patient with anyone? Why? Because God says so. Because God says so. And look and see what it says. Bearing with one another. That's a hard one, isn't it? And forgiving one another. 
if anyone has a grievance against another. Some of you might be thinking, but Brother Todd, I am not going to forgive them until they apologize to me. And they have not apologized yet. It doesn't matter. This, this scripture does not say forgive if someone has apologized to you. It says forgive. Forgive. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Aren't we thankful that the Lord has forgiven us? And look at this. Above all, put on love. Put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Do we want to put on love this morning? Sometimes we sing that song, we are one in the bond of love. You know, it is so easy to sing that song. It's much more difficult to live it day to day. Do we want to put on love above all? Because it is the perfect bond of unity. Sometimes I think a lot of people get satisfaction in just keeping something stirred up all the time. Maybe it's something that didn't even happen in your lifetime, but it's happened somewhere in your family line. And you know that at some point somebody has said an unkind word against your family and we, we don't like them as a result. God's Word tells us to forgive. Those things need to be put in the past. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts. I've got to ask you this morning, does the peace of Christ rule your hearts? Now notice I am not asking you, does your heart contain the peace of Christ? I'm asking you this morning, does the peace of Christ rule your heart? There is a big, big difference. And be thankful. How thankful are we? In the overall scheme of things, how thankful are we? Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And Brother Corey has covered this verse earlier in prayer time, but one thing I want to encourage you on, folks, I want to be sure that you... Read this verse carefully. It doesn't say sing to God with gratitude in your hearts if you think you can sing. That's not what it says. It says sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. It doesn't matter if you think you can sing. It doesn't matter if you know you can't sing. It says sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So when you come to corporate worship, you need to sing. When you go through your daily life, At home, you need to sing. You need to sing. And you don't just need to sing. You need to sing with gratitude in your heart. And as we prepare to close with verse 17, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And folks, I want to tell you, if we will live this verse, so many things will automatically be cut out of our lives 
that are sinful practices. Because I'm going to tell you, there is no possible way that we can gossip in the name of Jesus. There is no possible way that we can gossip in the name of Jesus. And if you are participating in gossip, you need to know it does not glorify Jesus. If you are slandering somebody, whether or not you think you are doing it intentionally, there's no way we can slander somebody in the name of Jesus. There are no, there is just absolutely no way that we can do that list of sinful practices that were in one of the earlier verses in the name of Jesus. If we will live this verse, it cuts so many sinful things out of our life. I wonder as we prepare to go to invitation this morning, as you examine your life, do you truly do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? Whether it's in word or deed, are we doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? We can do that this morning. Maybe this morning you have been thinking about your spiritual suitcase. And maybe you realize that some of these things, I'm probably going to get hung up in them now, trying to get them off. But maybe you realize that some of these things, they, they're just not in yours. Maybe you struggle with gentleness. Maybe you struggle with love. Maybe you struggle with patience. Maybe you struggle with kindness. Maybe you struggle with compassion. The good news is I know somebody who provides every one of those, who provides every one of those, and His name is Jesus Christ. You may have come in here without some of these things on today, but you can leave with every one of them on. Whether or not you believe that you've got the power to do it, most likely you do not have the power to do it in your own strength. But with Jesus, all things are possible. And you can wear every one of these things. I thought I still had something around my neck. It's about to choke me. You can leave wearing every one of these things. And again, sometimes I think the bigger answer is, do we want to? Folks, I want you to know this morning, this altar is open. There is no shame in coming forward and praying and just confessing to Jesus, that you want your life to be different, I will guarantee you, if you truly accept Jesus as your Savior, you will leave changed. You will not desire the things of the world anymore. Instead, you will desire that transformation that Jesus can supply. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been visiting with us for a few weeks and you have decided that Greensburg Baptist Church is the place for you. We would love to talk to you about church membership. We're thankful that you're here, but we would love to get you connected. Absolutely love that. If you are listening to my voice this morning and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can leave here today knowing Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants a relationship with you. He wants it. He wants all of you every moment of every day. Maybe there's something else that's going on in your life and you just simply need to give that to Jesus this morning. You know, you've heard me say before so many times, I had stood before congregations and sang the song or played it, I surrender all, and I really didn't mean it. I didn't. What I really meant was that I'll surrender only that part that I'm comfortable giving up. 
And that does not honor Jesus. I'll just tell you that. I'll be the first one to admit it. Jesus wants all. He's not satisfied with part. And maybe there's people here this morning and you've realized, hey, I have really only tried to give Jesus part of my life. And today's the day to give it all to him. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for difficult texts that we have to cover sometimes. Lord, it would, it would have been so much easier to have preached a different text this morning, but this is the text that you placed on my heart. Father, I pray that you will allow us to apply this text to our hearts, every word of it. Lord, I pray that we will do a careful examination of our lives. Father, I pray especially for the people that are here today that do not know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray also for the people that are listening by technology right now that do not know you as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that they will feel you knocking at their heart's door. And I pray that this will be the day that their life will be surrendered to you. Father, I pray for the other people that are in the congregation this morning that are struggling with some type of a decision to make of something that needs to change in their lives in order to honor you. Father, I pray that you will give them the strength to know that with you all things are possible. Lord, I pray that people would always know that no matter how bad we've messed up, that you are sufficient to forgive, that you are you are truly able to transform. Lord, I pray that we will experience the power of your transformation this morning. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.